We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. No Dave today because he doesn't know how to do time zones and he's still on a fucking plane. So we called the only asshole we knew who would be available because he has nothing better to do. Johnny Congo is in the building. Johnny, how are you, buddy? What's up, Colin? I bet you want to hear my joke? I've been working, Danny and I've been working this all day. Kenny no. and I are, are one hitters, and you're kind of like Philly, a no hitter. <laughs> <laughs> You like that? It's got a sports <laughs> reference and everything. Oh, no, that was... That's good. Come on, man. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. Listen. Whoa, whoa, to start the show off. I, I would make it. fun of one of your country's sports, but I don't know anything about rugby or whatever the fuck it is that you guys do. I have no like idea. Quidditch. Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> South Africa's big into Quidditch. <laughs> oh, man, dude, I'm honestly... Really, I, I'm working on a South African's record right now, Johnny. Love oh, really? Congos. Sounds just like you assholes. Oh, you are you being have... are you being serious? Are they ripping us off? I'm being very serious. Huh? <laughs> and they didn't come to us. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, he's he's from South Africa, but lives in Australia now because South Africa was so crime ridden he couldn't be there anymore. So you're Ooh. yeah. It's a lot like yeah. Philadelphia and Chicago. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of South Africans that moved to Australia. Really? I thought you guys were rivals. Huge, I got in huge... trouble last time. No, yeah, they are, but it's a it's like an easy move because they're both Commonwealth countries or used to be, you know. So like, there's a lot of commonalities. Isn't Australia still like real weird about COVID and shit? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would assume so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's one of those things that uh, I I have friends over there that I've been asking because my friends are like, no, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, cool. Well, good. Yeah. At least Australia's having some fun. Well, it's I, always that thing. Like, nothing is ever as anything's being reported anywhere about anything. Unless you're on the ground seeing it for yourself, like, you don't actually know what's going on anywhere. Agreed. Okay, not, non-music related. Can we just get this? Uh, like, I don't know if you guys happen to be in, like, Senate battleground states and shit like that. Are you guys getting bombarded it's, with, like, political ads and text messages? Why? What's happening? It's midterm election out of control. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Ke- Kenny First... and I, I think, are on the same page on this. And we, we actually wrote a song with uh, Chevy Mustang, which I should pull up. It's called I Don't Care. Have you ever, got, <laughs> watch, have you ever watched that video? Yeah. Yeah. That, way, that... Funny, I texted that picture of um, – what was his name in the picture? Uh, Lil, Lil Effort. Lil like, Effort. We, <laughs> we were going to do a, a hip-hop character with Max called Lil Effort. Chevy Mustang <laughs> – <laughs> me you and max collins have ever done yeah i right. dude i love that i still dream that we can get that back like i would yeah. i wanted to tour that more yeah. than anything yeah. like it was fun making the records and the videos but i wanted to tour it and hit my idea for the first show like fucking epic late label showcase get all the pr everybody out <laughs> is we walk out on stage danny and me djing kenny's being hype man Max walks out as that uh, as a Chevy Mustang and literally just have nothing work. <laughs> like the mic goes to shit. Like all the DJ equipment just fails, and he storms off in a tirade after 15 minutes of trying to get it work on stage. And that's the first show with all the label showcase there, that's and that's the it. First tour, every show for the whole tour. Yeah. yeah, there's never a song that actually finishes oh, ever. Yeah, dude, it's you're like, a fucking fine. mad. 
You're a mad genius. I fucking love it. Heavy Buckets <laughs> is the best. It's everything we want to do that we can't do. <laughs> yeah, do, you could you could write lyrics that you're like, oh, I can't say that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Chevy could. <laughs> Chevy could say it. Uh, I wonder. If wait, so Chevy on this podcast? No, no. We might. Why? Oh, dude, that that's a hard no. Thing. Well, you're saying it's a hard no. You don't want him on, or you don't think he'd come on? No. <laughs> it's a hard no. Um, oh, what I was trying to get to with the political shit. Do you know who the fuck is running for Senate in my neighborhood? Dr. Fucking uh, Dr. Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I know about that. I got a text last. I got a text last. Crazy thing is he's going to win. I got a text last week that said, dear Colin Budney, they got my full fucking name, which irked me right away. And it said, do you know that your voting record is public knowledge? Don't be the only one of your friends who doesn't vote. And I literally texted back, is that a fucking threat? Like, do, what are we doing? Ooh, you that, got him. Um, <laughs> I was about to hit him back and be like, whatever side that you were on, I am now voting for the other side. That was so weird. I'm so done with this shit. Because I've been watching the World Series, which, by the way, I texted Dante. I went to game three, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. But I woke up. With not a physical hangover, but the most debilitating, like, post-drunk depression. Just, like, all the serotonin in my body got emptied out during the game. And I woke up the next morning, like, everything sucks. I'm a failure. This fucking blows. Everything's going to shit. Put back on. <laughs> oh, my Dude, God. Philadelphia is a fucking... You're, you're, you're a wild and wacky bunch out there, like... <laughs> Uh, you're, almost like Ang- like- you're almost like English people with the dedication to sports. I know there's other cities in the country that are like that with, like, football and that, but I- is there anywhere that's as crazy about, like, patriotic about their team as as uh, Philly? Maybe Buffalo, but they only have, like, one team to root for. Right. We have four. And also, and I've been to Buffalo. Buffalo. I've played shows in Buffalo. Like, what else are you going to do? Hands down. The <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Buffalo, dude. Great people. I fucking no, yeah, that. I'm kidding. It's it will always have a fucking good time there. I fucking yeah. Buffalo. It's a war. <laughs> uh, yeah, so no Dave this week. Dante, how are you? I haven't even said what's up to you yet. How you doing? Great, right, man. How are you? Better now. My fucking brain's working again. Uh, I, yeah. So speaking of spending money, we're shooting a fucking music video on Sunday for the new single. And nice. uh, we took it very, very literally. And the whole song is about like... Yeah, we're all gonna die, but whatever. Fuck it, go for it anyway. So we're literally showing death a good time, and I bought my brother a fucking a Grim Reaper costume. Whoa. We're literally just doing random activities with the Grim Reaper, and uh, my brother's a fucking giant moron. So this is gonna be a real shit show. So that's my <laughs> plan right now. Who, who's, sh- my- who's shooting it? Are you, have you got? Are you working with someone, or is it like friends slash people you know? Our our tour guy, the guy who comes with us everywhere, oh, Dylan, cool. who shoots all of our shits, the fucking man. But nice. Uh, no. What are you spending just, on the video? What's your budget? That is between me and the good Lord and Dylan. That, okay. So, what, I mean, let's say like less than a thousand. Yeah, I'm editing it. <laughs> okay. Because I'm a, I'm a bootstraps you know, kind of a guy, dog. I don't want to set the bar too high for you, but can we come with me now, video? Let's go, whatever, 100 something million now. We made that for $60. So. That's no where I'm way. about at right Just now. Saying. That's where I'm about at right now. It's about no sixty dollars. I bought the Grim Reaper costume. So. If you don't Wait, count, how's that even possible? Well, I mean, look. If you get technical, we I kept, we owned a camera, so yeah. Like, don't call me on that. I'm yeah. saying everyone's got a fucking camera these days. We Dude. spent sixty bucks on like some black plastic 
and we lined our pool. We, this is when we were living in Phoenix at our parents' house, at a big pool, and we lined the pool with black plastic and shot all this cool underwater stuff that looks i don't know i think the video is kind of corny but like it it was well executed danny did it all like we're just lucky to have danny in house that just does cool shit see we are birds of a feather here i'm i like doing shit like that i don't uh, the only thing it's costing our budget are the jet uh are the the yacht scenes on the delaware river that we're gonna have to have a helicopter fly over and shoot but other than that it's pretty much in-house dude <laughs> we're doing a full p Diddy other video. than the yacht scenes yeah kenny what's the, kenny what's the most that awol ever spent on a video I have no idea, dude. That was never part of any business conversation ever. Things just happened, and I just went wherever I was told. Is wasn't your singer video guy? Oh no, he lived with Cameron oh, Duddy, who was a video Duddy guy from Midland. Did most of the AWOL videos. So tight, which is a tr which is a trip. Like even before he started Midland, but I don't know a Damn. lot a lot of money. I don't, none of those videos were really crazy, honestly. You know, a weird mean, thing. What the the guy that helped me build out this studio. Uh, I got through not Cameron Duddy, but his brother or cousin oh. who was living in Austin at the time. And yeah. he had a handyman that had done his studio out here. And I somehow that connection, like yeah. I, there's so many people I know through that world. I mean, we all run in concentric circles at this point. It seems like everything I do is funnel through someone Kenny knows at this point because Kenny fucking knows everybody. Speaking of funneling people through me, uh, Barstool Backstage, we just had the John Summit interview go live. We have cannons dropping on Monday, and then I'm filming with Andy Frasco tomorrow, and I told Frasco we have to do it outside so I can get the full Andy Frasco experience and let him smoke cigarettes while we do it. <laughs> like, I, I, I want to get the full Frasco, dude. I was going to dress up as Frasco. Everybody like, I was going to go up as Frasco. But the thing is, I don't want to wear an afro. I don't want to like steal Yo, Dowler. Say I'm probably not supposed to say, and I won't say much, but I've worked on half of his new record. Some next level Andy Frasco. Really fucking good shit. I'm really excited about it. I mean, guys, Kenny throws around compliments like manhole covers. So that, <laughs> this is probably gonna be record of the year if it's, that he's talking that way definitely. well i mean he also he also did it so it's like you know he's kind of patting himself on the back too no but kenny's like never yeah self like oh <laughs> by the way we didn't even we didn't even get this kenny sent us a very rare text in the group chat this morning oh yeah he said guys i actually found a band that i like yeah kenny yeah. what did wow. you find dude i found i've been working on this little website uh called sound better where random joe's can just find me and hire me to write, produce, play drums. Dude, you're on there? Yeah, on Sound Better. And this band hit me up to produce I... one of their singles, and the song blew me away. I went and looked them up. All their songs are sick. It's fucking great. Oh, it's incredible. What is their name? Uh, it's called The Real Zebos, Z-E-B-O-S. It's like a Beck meets Cake meets... Um, asher roth meets like it's just kind of interesting like early 2000s white guy hip-hop but bloodhound gang maybe in there huh. Ooh, yeah i'm in on this dude johnny have you found johnny have you found anything that you like who's that dude fred again again yeah you... oh i, 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 I just I, saw him i haven't i haven't guy. checked out a lot of it but i've just been seeing clips like bombarding me on instagram whatever and it's kind of cool what he's doing it's my guy man that's cool. I thought you yeah. were going to say something. Like, I, uh, oh, I ditched, I ditched Colin in New York to go see him a few weeks ago. <laughs> and like didn't, an you, didn't, you, didn't you do mushrooms as well? I, no comment. I should have, 
I texted <laughs> Colin as soon as I left and was like, I can't believe I didn't insist you come to the show. It was unfucking believable. Huh, that's this cool. guy is this guy is so talented. Uh, I think he's like the future of electronic music. What yeah, he, he seems that special? like it's I don't know how to describe it. He just seems so, I watched it and I was just like he you had I could have respect for him as a musician, which is a hard thing often to do with EDM people. You're like, okay, right. you have a cool loop. Great. So he, he's, but he's, he's he's doing crazy shit. He's performing live. He is um he has an he has like an assistant. Uh, I think his name's Frank, who um he runs the loops and um he has an effects pad, but then Fred has I think two keyboards and he has an MPC really fucking big pad. Um and a mic. Is like what is Mark Ribelay? Yeah, so it's kind uh, of Mark Ribelay. Similar, but a lot more energy. He's wow. dude, and one of the crazy things he does, and this is like one of those things where you when you see it, you're like, why the fuck didn't I think of that? Like genius is he rips sound bites from viral like TikToks, but not like these nuts shit like that. <laughs> he takes like small little blurbs and he creates fucking songs with them. And oh, cool. his show is like lots of video and images and visuals. And I mean, he's super, super fucking talented. He's going to, I've been, gonna, he's I've been be seeing him a lot on uh, what's that dude. Zane Lowe's is seems to yeah. be pushing him quite a lot and he's doing it in the, uh, Zane Loke is like half of me kind of likes him. You know, he, he gets, he does some fairly interesting interviews and then half of it's just like, he's too, it's too affected. Like his interview where he's like falling all over the people yeah. in like a weirdly fake way. It, it's, it's weird. Zane Lowe is still like a remnant of the old form of music media to where like you have to kiss the yeah. artist's ass that you're interviewing. Yeah, but he's doing that. But he's he's also like I'm better than a lot of these. He's got like a weird superiority yeah. thing, but also kissing us. And sometimes you see him do it, and you're like, okay, he genuinely likes this artist, so it's like it's genuine. Other times he's like saying, oh man, that's so amazing. When he actually means you fucking suck. Why do I have to interview you? <laughs> Apple made me do this. So dumb question, but um, he's on Apple one right he's on yeah, he was he was bbc one for a long time now he runs right. i was gonna say what so how did he become as big as he is because i get every week i get blown up with the pr people like oh zane Lowe had so-and-so on this week you should blog about it how did he become like the guy i think it's a bbc thing kind of how tim westwood was over there like i think he just ran like kind of like the british music media from dude what I think, if yeah. you're on he was on bbc radio one which like the context of radio one is it's national radio, but not like NPR, like people kind of softly breathing into microphones like this here. <sighs> it's like, you know, popular music and it's national across all of England. So whatever that is, 60 million people or something more yeah. 80. I don't know what the population of England is. Can I ask you guys it's a giant. question? Can I ask you a question? Do you fucking hate the NPR voice as much as I do? I despise, I, I, anytime I hear an NPR podcast or somebody on NPR being like, this is the so-and-so and this is exactly. Well, you see, I think I, half, I wanna... half is because I think a lot of them are annoying fucks 
And then the other thing, Danny, this is Danny's theory. Um, he thinks it's that they've got such good microphones and like outboard compressors and everything and uh, like $3,000 headphones. And when you listen to yourself and it just sounds so beautifully crisp and so perfectly compressed, you start talking like a fucking asshole because it's, you just hear that voice coming back in your headphones. And you're like, ah, <laughs> I have to say, this is important what I'm saying. Dude, it's just it, it's the sound of someone smelling their own farts every single time I hear it. It's like NPR, we're better than you, and we know it. Like I, I, I mean, it's more I was... pleasant to listen to than like alt rock morning DJs. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, I have heard some incredible stories on there before. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they do have some awesome shit on there, and you can tell they like take pride in their work and. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have like a fat guy from North Jersey read those stories though? <laughs> yeah, no. man, he fucked no, me and then not. he fucking murdered him, dude. Like I think <laughs> I that would I would I would kill for that. Dude, would, I'll, that's like, the kind of representation I want. I'm just gonna shit on them 95%. Yeah, I've heard I've have discovered some really good music from NPR and I've heard some amazing stories and podcast style like radio shows. But they literally believe that everything they're saying is important with the production. You know that type where they do it, where they're like telling a story, then they cut to the person the story's about with a little quote, and then they interrupt him to do it. It's like they're sitting in an editing room jerking off and, and like the creating, I don't know, it's just, it's enough already. Like that I format feel, to me is enough already. I do feel bad because there's been a lot of NPR stations that have been very kind to me, including Royal Cafe, which I do not mean them. They're awesome. <laughs> I'm talking about like NPR podcasts, like, and uh, my wife loves this American life. I can't stand it. I, they, it, it irks me. I can't. Explain well, yeah, it. I, I, I feel like that was one of the original ones that got that whole sound and vibe doing. And they were pioneers in that. It was like old school radio, you know, it was really well programmed. That. And I have heard some cool stuff. But yeah, it's something about the voices and the way it sounds now just makes me want to like throw my phone at the, you know, floor. If they're going to go old school radio, they should just bring back the old timey radio voice. <laughs> like you know, you know what I'm talking about. And the Phillies won the World Series today. Like give, give me that kind of a thing. Like go, go all the way or don't go at all. That sounds um, fictional. That little headline you did. Fuck you, you <laughs> pussy. It's tied. I was there with seven. Listen, I support the the. Is it the Phillies? I don't. I don't actually know what's going on. I'm gonna kill you, dude. Is it Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> They're seven and zero. It's a good time to be in my dude. The Eagles and the Phillies are playing tonight. Both of them. It's gonna be a good night. I think, I hope. God and damn they're it. They're playing Houston. Both yeah, of we're, them. That's and fucking if, if there's, nuts. If there's any city, I'd love to just give an ass whooping right now. It's Houston. I don't know why. I just fucking. I, <laughs> isn't that isn't that fucking nuts though? Like, yo, I saw Mattress Mac. You know, did you see that video of Mattress Mac? The guy, he's like a big billionaire from Texas who like puts a million dollars on every championship game. He was in the stadium uh, with a bunch of security, and every time he walked through the concourse, there'd be 90 people around him going, fuck you, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is oh, Philadelphia dude, one of those cities, like, win or lose, there's going to be violence and, like, riots and shit, or not? Are they, like, yeah. pretty? Yeah, they have, they're, they're terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> he calls me a hater. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> New England fans are the fucking NPR DJs of sports fandom. I want you to know that. <laughs> I, mean, they're, they're I don't know it's in this race. They're, I'm letting Colin like, talk to shit. They're not yeah. like felons, like Philly fans. <laughs> Back, dude. I, I think buddy. we've brought it up on this podcast before, but that Bill Burr bit where he's talking shit about Philadelphia is like one of the greatest live recordings of all time. Oh my God. Kenny, have you heard that? 
Which one? The, it's Bill Burr doing a seven-minute rant in Philadelphia yelling at the fans. Oh, yes. Yes, I have heard. Johnny, can you just pull that up? I'm going to see him tomorrow night. Are you? Are you? Oh, you are? Nice. Yeah, I can't wait. He's yeah, like, I'm going up. to see Colin. I got a double feature, him and then John Summit. What? Yeah, tomorrow night. God damn, dude. Summit, by the way, great guy. Fucking love John Summit. Uh, I did not mention the fact that we do have an interview today with a really rising band right now. It's fucking outstanding. Uh, we have 49 Winchester on me and Dave did the interview last week. Great interview. Stick around for that. I'm really excited for those guys. Um, other than that, before we get into this Bill Burr clip, uh, Taylor Swift has all 10 spots on the Hot 100 in the top 10. I saw I the know. billboard headline or there was a tweet or something was trending. It was like, Taylor Swift occupies 10 spots. I, I, I was, I didn't want to tweet this cause I want it going down on paper. So I'll just do it on, on a thing that no one listens to. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a fucking occupation. Like it, it does. It's like, I don't know. There's nothing bad you can say about a Taylor Swift record. I feel like technically speaking, you know, like the production's phenomenal as songs, they're like perfectly crafted, but it feels like, when you look at what's that, uh, what do they call the uncanny valley? When you look at like a robot and it's like, that's what I have that feeling when I listen to her music where I'm like, yeah, this is, I get it. It's good. It's popular, successful. She's also really good looking, but also I don't think that's true. Like the part of me that understands <laughs> like that sees good looking and not is like, no, she's not. Whereas my brain's like, yeah, she is like, look, X, Y, all these factors are correct. But it's off. Something's off. Damn, Johnny, you know we were top 10 in Uzbekistan last week, dude. You're really going to like come on this podcast? You were? That? Yeah. We were top 50 <laughs> in America, but we were number seven in Uzbekistan for some reason. Listen, man, I remember when we were when we were moving up the charts, every every stat counted. I would be like, we're Shazamming number one in Mongolia. Like screen, <laughs> screenshotting that Shout shit. Like, <laughs> yo, it's dude, cool. You, it doesn't matter, dude. It's cool. It means somewhere someone fucking likes what you're doing, which is cool. I just don't know who in Uzbekistan is like. Does it translate though, Johnny? Like, you know how in Canada, in the US, a million is platinum. In Canada, it's right. like 12 or whatever. If we have <laughs> one listener in Uzbekistan, does that put us at number seven? Hell yeah. It might. It's got to be more than that. Well, shout out, char- person, you know. We charted in like twenty countries, which is pretty cool. Being that I don't know how many countries speak English, I don't know who the fuck is listening to us. Unless there's some like bad, uh, like Mongolian dub of our. <laughs> podcast. I think what it is is there's a fetish out there in in the world for listening to like Philadelphia accents, like ASMR, and they just want to hear your voice, like doing that beautiful Philadelphia accent. I this fucking hate really you, dog. Like, I mean, listen, <laughs> real though, Dante's Chicago accent is about on. No, his, he has a he has a New England accent. Hey, same. Oh, I have the worst. You know I, mean? I have like a I have like a combo now. It's so bad. I go home and people are like, "Yeah, oh my god, you're <laughs> fucking." They're like, you know, and they're terrible fucking Boston accent. Oh my god, you're you got the worst Chicago accent ever. <laughs> and then I hear I get like, "Oh my god, you sound like you're from Boston." It's it's. My mom, my mom likes to give me shit and be like, you, you know, you shouldn't talk like that. And I'm like, mom, do you fucking listen to yourself? <laughs> she, she's like, I don't know where you got it from, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, listen, I can't, I can't make fun of accents. I've got the most all over the place accent. I feel like it's just uh, yeah. too many things mixed up together. You sound like a bad Disney character. Uh, <laughs> you got a great one. But uh, to, to cap the Taylor Swift thing off. 
isn't it amazing that one artist, being that there's 40,000 songs a day, can occupy all 10 spots on the Hot 100? What does that tell you? No, I'm glad she's finally getting the credit she deserves, you know? It tells (laughs) me that she is... She deserves a Harvard Business Review case study. Shout out to my smart people that know what those are. Um, no offense to you guys. To all uh, of our NPR listeners. Yes. Um, <laughs> she know. deserves a Harvard Business Review case study on her marketing ability. She is, you can, you, listen, you can not fucking talk all the, sh- all the shit you want about her. You don't like her music. You think it's corny. You think she's whatever with her boyfriends her songs suck whatever you are a fucking idiot if you don't acknowledge she is the best marketer in the game right now i will give you yeah i was i was just watching that show dope sick speaking of good marketing like marketing is <laughs> big pharma one-liner, dude. Like, they also marketed oxycontin to millions of people i'm not saying she's as bad as that yeah look i, I, I take your point like yeah I, like there's only so much that's what i'm saying there's only so much shit you can talk about her and i'm not even talking shit i just don't really like it if always everything about her just feels a little weird this record to me sounds like she was like all right we're gonna do a fucking Billie Eilish thing, but not quite, but just enough to like get the, Johnny, she's always behind the trends, like a little bit. Johnny, you know who I said it sounds like to me? Uh, churches. Yeah, I can hear that a little bit. The The production is like that kind of indie, indie house, indie rock a little bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously she's not cool enough to pull it off, but... Um, she tiptoed the line on on a few of the songs, and I, in all I am, honesty, like I, I I like her. I'm a fan. I've been a fan. I did not like her last two like folk albums. I thought they were like way too crunchy for me. But I like this one. I think I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Look. Well, I, I, I don't. I, there's only so much shit I can talk. Like I said, like all the things are true. She's a fucking incredible marketer. She's incredibly talented. Like everything's true. I also like just weird earlier. Let me, let me let me show you something. I got. Oh no! Oh, is he going to bring out his fucking up? Taylor Swift doll collection? No. Oh, <laughs> I got these. Universal sent me these. She pressed. Um, she pressed like four different editions of picture discs. Huh. She did limited edition signed, uh, pictured vinyls which is genius. I thought these would have been like, I went up after I got them. I was like, these had to be like hundred bucks, 150 bucks. I went online. They were like $40. Yeah. What people don't realize though, is the fact that she did all that vinyl. There's probably 150 artists that like literally won't be able to get vinyl for like the next three years because oh. pressing vinyl like that is it, it well, takes up the entire factory. You know, well, you know why you, and you know why it's so, it's so bad right now. Supply chain. Gasoline. And oh, oil. It's so expensive oh. right now that they don't like the vinyl are like pressed with petroleum and shit and they don't want to fucking. Oh, dude, I'm so glad you told me that. I didn't know that because now I have another reason to tell hips just to fuck off with the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're destroying the environment, you fucking pricks. <laughs> yeah, I do. Have, I do have one thing to segue off of this, but there was another artist, another giant artist, actually a billionaire artist who dropped an out al- or dropped a single last week. Which actually leads me to this question, because Rihanna finally came back and dropped her first thing in years. 
Is Rihanna actually underrated as an artist? Because that song fucking blew me away. Like, I I forget what a great vocalist she actually is. See, now is you're talking that? my language. I For me, Rihanna is the best pop R&B or whatever. You know, she kind of is across so many different genres, which is part of why she's cool. Like, for me, she's the shit. And she's got all the polish that Taylor Swift has. She's got the popular appeal, fucking marketing genius like anyone else. Uh and I like the fucking music. Like if I'm in that mood to get into like pop music, I think she's fucking cool. Even her like her early, early, early stuff. What was that? Pondy replay. Pondy was replay. The, that was such a good Damn. track. I got so many Wallies at grade school dances to Pondy replay, dude. Oh, dude, so that bad. song. That song still like I still play that when I DJ, and it still goes off. Like it. I'll take it this far. She's like for me, three hundred leagues above Beyonce. She, Whoa, you're tell, gonna get hunted down, dude. Beyonce. Beyonce. <laughs> Things. So, my what was that, Kenny? Up? Kenny, what'd you say? Those are two different things, kind of though. No, yeah, it's, it's different. I don't know. I think they're same. I think they're fucking same lane. Oh, no, definitely same lane. I'm just saying, I much prefer Rihanna on that front. Rihanna is so much more low key, dope as fucking Beyonce's big voice mariah like you know yeah the- it's with beyonce records it's like literally there's never a space for your ears to not hear the vocal being like jammed in there rihanna's so much cooler than beyonce. Yeah. yes and- i agree with that i so colin the thing that surprised me with this song is her voice has gotten even better than it was not that it was ever not great but her voice is like fucking incredible on this track it sounds so rich and full um i don't I mean, know she's had a lot of time to not sing yeah, it's been, she's done it's nothing been, but make billions of dollars it's been four years i i get that but um i mean i don't know i think my hang up with her is that like jay-z like gets credit for discovering her and putting her on and i just i don't want to give him that credit so i have a problem with jay-z i don't know man i'm just not like I don't, I don't, I mean, I respect him. I just don't, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Mm, I get Everyone it. Else. Uh, I do have a, I do have a question before we move into the interview, before we get into further segments, but Kenny, do you have like, or I guess Johnny, I can ask you this too. Like, cause me and Dante are in weather like areas where like the seasons change and shit. So like my playlists go according to the seasons. sometimes. Do you guys have like autumn themed song? Like, you know what I mean? Like the band fleet boxes, you know, the band fleet boxes. Mm-hmm. I've been on some real weird, edgy, almost like emo acoustic shit recently, like walking no, through the leaves when I'm in my neighborhood. I don't listen to sad music on rainy days staring out the window. I don't <laughs> I, I listen to whatever I'm vibing with that day. You don't have rainy days. Yeah, true. Also, also true. <laughs> it's no, you don't I'm hardcore. And he listens to SoCal reggae 24 <laughs> 7. Non, like that's it. Yo, sublime. So what do you the listen like band. cowboy music? Like you're down there in Texas. Me? Do you listen? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, I don't know about the season thing, but like when you drive out here in Texas Hill Country, country music, and I don't mean the sh- like popular shit, which is like the worst fucking thing on earth. Like old school uh Waylon Jennings, Willie, Willie Nelson. That shit just makes so much sense when you're driving down these roads here. Like it just it works. You see the trees, you see fucking longhorns and horses, and it just it sounds good. You have a so, cowboy just, hat yet? Yeah. Do you wear a cowboy hat at all with a with a dollar sign and a question mark on it? No, I'm I'm part of the tech bro Austin scene. 
<laughs> right. What about okay. Dylan though? Your brother is he going to turn into? Well, a- yeah, Dylan's gone full farmer. You've seen his Instagram yeah, posts. Full yeah. farmer. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No, I I want to make an autumn playlist, dude. I've been listening to nothing but like Fleet Boxes, Ava Brothers, Ryan Bingham, who I fucking love. Uh, that's some like country shit. Yo, Ryan really Bingham into. on Yellowstone was dope. I need to watch Yellowstone. I still haven't watched it yet. Okay, so uh, tell me, is that is he the he's the actor that's also a singer, dude? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, I need to check him out because that shit on Yellowstone was really cool. Isaac Johnny, Kinder, the drummer of AWOL, played in Ryan Bingham great too. Ryan Bingham's fucking incredible, dude. That's that's like that's like when you're on tour and you're driving really late at night and the sun's about to come up. Like Ryan Bingham is like good, like sunrising music. I think he also has a song yeah. called drummer, Sunrise. The drummer of AWOL. He when he came to AWOL, he came from Ryan Bingham. Playing, huh. Oh really? What a weird yeah. jump that it's is. A weird transition because Isaac was the heaviest hitting crazy rock drummer, but he played for Ryan Bingham for years. Well, there we go. Uh, all right, before we get into further segments, so let's go into this interview with 49 Winchester. Really good dudes, really great music. If we want to talk about country shit, they're really rising fast. We found them from an interview with Rolling Stone they just did. I fucking loved it, and uh, I'm a really big fan of this band. So let's go into our interview with 49 Winchester. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list this week, we have a member of one of the hottest bands in the Americana country scene, uh, you may have just read an article that White Sox Dave wrote on Barstool Sports about these guys, but I'm sitting here with Isaac from 49 Winchester. Isaac, how are you, buddy? What up, man? Doing great. How about you, boys? Doing great, brother. L-I-V-I-N over here. Now, yeah. I did I did bring up this article for one specific reason. Dave wrote this big glowing thing about like, hey, if you don't know 49 Winchester, where the fuck are you at? And I go to read the comments, and Barstool comments are always generally brutal. But the one thing I noticed was everybody's comment was, Dave, you're fucking late. We already know who 49 Winchester are. Get on fucking ba- get on board, brother. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, we, we the, the whole thing going right now is like, you know, here's this band that's kind of blown up and come out of nowhere when, you know, we've been doing it for a long time. So it's cool. To, it's cool to finally see some people latching on to what we're doing, man, for sure. How long have you guys been pounding pavement for? We started the band right when we got out of high school. So it's been like nine years now. Okay. So now you're fine. What's that feeling like where you're, you know, you're grinding for going on a decade and then you're finally starting to see that, that success on a national level. Cause I'm not too big of a country fan and I love your guys' music. I've been playing almost constantly since Colin introduced me to you guys. Killer. Yeah. I mean, it feels great to get the, uh, to get some recognition finally for all the, all the labor you put in. It's a really, really, uh, it's, it's people think musicians are, they're constantly riding around a tour bus and partying and bullshitting, but it's a really labor intensive business. We've really put our heart and soul into it over the last, you know, going on almost a decade now. And to, to see it really doing the things I was hoping that it would finally is it's, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good feeling, man. It's hard, it's hard to beat. Well, talk it's to a me good about time it. to be in 49 right now. So. Yeah, it is a good fucking time. I mean, I found you guys through the, the Rolling Stone country right up, which I, yeah. I, I dove in, loved it, sent it to Dave. I know it's right up Dave's alley. And you Killer. guys are going on tour with uh, tri- Turn by Troubadours, right? You're on tour. Uh, we've done, we've done some shows with them recently. Yeah, we we played with them at the Ryman Auditorium. That was our Ryman debut, uh, which was fucking unbelievable. Uh, and we just played with them the last show of this run down in Texas at uh, Whitewater Amphitheater in New Braunfels. That was a lot of fun too, man. Every time I get to see somebody get to do the Ryman for the first time, my fucking heart flutters because I can only imagine what that's like. But so you yeah. guys are coming out of Virginia. You're you're around Bristol boys, around that area. Give me the early days. Are you guys just beating around in fucking bars and doing bullshit gigs left and right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. 
we come from a place that's so so rural that it's the music scene is pretty small you know what i mean like there's not a whole lot of opportunities within 150 miles of here to play live music uh there are some uh and we pounded them for years and years we had our our you know our little our touring base was not as as wide as it is now in terms of area of course but uh yeah man we just came up came up through the local ranks uh decided we would always make a concerted effort to travel a lot though and try to expand that that touring base as far and as wide as we could because we knew that that had to happen you know coming from the area we come from had to get out and stretch your legs a little bit and share it with people around the country Give me the early touring days. Like, what was your setup? Were you guys in SUV? Oh, Were man. you in a van? Give me, give me early the days. stories, bro. We had an 86 uh, E150 Ford conversion van, like one of the big high-top ones with, like, oh, cabinets yeah. and shit in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had one of those that survived a fucking fire, a huge fire that melted the trim on the side. Uh, we, we never got it fixed. We just rolled with it with a little bit of black melted trim rolling down the side for many many years like that dude and uh we we, we were packed in a van uh for a long long time <laughs> we're still we're still riding in a van right now it's just a whole lot bigger nicer van <laughs> i'm just picturing you uh, i'm picturing you guys going through rural america with the big beards yeah. getting out of a half melted van about to go yeah. people are probably looking at you like these guys are about to play some serious butt rock and then you go in and yeah. get this beautiful goddamn music what was yeah. like the what was the tipping point for you guys? When did you really start to feel like you were getting your feet underneath you? I think when this last album came out, it was a big, a lot of wind in our sails. You know what I mean? It, it pushed us a long way. It was our first release on a label. Uh, you know, having access to people, numerous people, dozens of people that know how to push it and where to push it and and what ears to put it in front of, that made a big difference for us. So I mean, this this last record cycle, I think, is is when most people have started to really take notice of what we're doing which we're proud of because we feel like this is definitely, you know, our best record. When we started this band, we were super, super green, not a lot of experience. We had never played in any other bands before. We were just out of high school. We were a bunch of fucking dumb kids that didn't know what to do or where to play or how to allow to play it or anything. So uh, seeing, seeing it now and, and what it's grown into is a cool thing for us, man. Were you guys a cover band early on? No, nah, hell no. Hell yeah. I love that. We See, always. I try to tell Davis all the time. There's nothing shittier as a musician than having to play those cover shows so you're yeah. getting you're getting four hundred dollars for a four-hour set at a bar and people are throwing yeah, beer bottles yeah. how, how often do you get like well going we'll take it back to your early days uh, how long have you had the beard for are people like throwing like oh play lagrange play lagrange play lagrange how long have i had the beard i've never i've never shaved what so, so yeah i just started growing a beard I mean, I've trimmed it a lot, several <laughs> times. I've cut it, you know, just short. But I've always, as soon as I was able able to grow a beard, I've had a beard. <laughs> Who doesn't want a beard, you know? If I could do it, I would do it. Dave, I feel like you could do it. It it doesn't get like that. It's like Velcro to my face. It's super <laughs> thick, but it like doesn't grow Dude, out. Mine's more. almost. Mine's kind of. Mine's kind of silky. It's kind of nice. Uh, I hit it with the head and shoulders, and it just uh, just lays down like silk. So. I'm excited I don't have for the, the people. Coarseness. People are I'm like, excited. does it itch? And I'm like, no, nah, don't fucking itch. I'm excited for the to. people who are going to be listening for like deep insights into the music industry and they get five minutes in and it's just beard grooming tips. The entire time. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a men's line. I can send you some beard oil for that if that. Uh... Killer. Do it. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, Love brother. To. Well, so I think where I always kind of go with these conversations, especially when we're dealing with bands that just start to come out of this time period and really are blossoming, right? So you guys are obviously cutting your teeth, you're busting your ass. And then the fucking world shuts down. 
Like, what was that like? Did you guys ever hit the panic button? Was there ever like, a, oh, God, nah. we gotta get fucking new jobs? No, we really lucked out with the COVID ordeal. We, we, our fan base probably tripled during COVID. Hmm. Uh, we made, we made some good decisions. We, we put out a record right in the middle of the pandemic uh, that helped us, you know, keeping the ball rolling forward. Cause we've always been big on that. Momentum to us is a big thing. Uh, much like it is in, in sports. You know what I mean? We think about it that same way. Like if you can keep carrying that momentum, good stuff's going to keep happening for you. So we didn't really let off the pedal much. Uh, we, of course, the amount of shows that you're playing went way down, but we did as many things as we could with live streams and with, you know, releasing an album and, and, you know, pod shows, the whole, the whole ordeal. We kept it, we kept it moving the whole time. And, uh, we just, we just kind of made the best of it, man. Now you, you came out, die, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to fucking do that. Everybody we've talked yeah. to is like, you had the, the people who made it out. Yeah. Did it because they didn't stop moving their feet. Momentum is such yeah. a funny thing in our business because there's a, in those early days, it's always like, you have one big thing that keeps you coming back like a gambler. You know what I mean? Like you'll yep. get a big show, you'll get a big opportunity and then the momentum dies down. And then eventually, like in your case, the momentum won't let up now. And I, I mean, the, the new record is incredible. And you brought up the fact that it was your first time on a label. I don't know if you had this feeling. I've had op opportunities where like you get that look and it's like, damn, why was this so hard previously? Did you ever look back on it and be like, damn, our other shit was great. It just didn't have these opportunities and now you have them. And, and it's just so much different. I mean, I, I, Looking back at it in retrospect, I do see it that way, but I don't really think that I ever had that moment where I was like, man, why didn't this happen earlier? Because we were we were always so we were completely satisfied doing everything independently and we were going to put out Fortune Favors the Bold independently. Like that was our plan when we started when we when we first had the ideas, when the songs came to me, I thought, OK, cool. This is our fourth record. It's going to be another indie release. We'll see how far we can push it uh, until New West Records came kind of knocking and. I realized after talking with John, who's president of the label and some of the folks at the label and some of the other artists on the label, I was like, this is one of those things that we've had a million of in the last year that feel like they're meant to be. Uh, and they, they fit us perfect. So we jumped, we jumped on it and a new West has, has really knocked the, knocked the ball out of the park for us. Yeah, it seems like a perfect partnership because you guys have really just fucking blossomed in front of everybody's eyes. And it's in a scene yep. too, that I think a lot of people are excited about. Like, Within what For you sure. guys, within what you guys do, who interests you that's doing it right now? Uh, like within our scope of music, sure. And it doesn't have to be within. Uh, I mean, your I think scale, the most, but I, yeah. I think the uh, the most obvious one that's kind of glaring in my mind right now is this new Tyler Childers release, uh, which is just absolute diesel. You know, like it's it's. I know there are a lot of people. I'm sure there's a lot of mixed opinions on it. I've, I've you know seen enough video comments on you know social media posts and shit to know that some people dig the new Tyler sound and some people think it's too far subtracted from what he had started with. But I think all I see in that man is the evolution of a great artist that's that's doing something that's that's bigger than the boundaries that genre can hold it in. So that's cool, man. That's that's refreshing to see in country music. I mean, we we had an argument on this podcast. Not even an argument, just a discussion. It frustrates me because I've loved Tyler from the beginning. I love what he does. But I love the fact that he's not afraid to say, digest this, try something different. And sure. if he had three versions of the same record, he could have just made Feathered Indians a hundred times. Yeah. And instead he yeah. pushed it. Like, do you guys ever have that goal of like, okay, we can do one thing really well, but what if we put out like a lo-fi hip hop album? What the fuck would happen then? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that sort of has stayed in the back of my mind for a long time, especially us, since we all kind of cut our teeth on, on different stuff, stuff that's really not country music. Like we, we, a lot of us came from a background when we first started playing guitars, 
you know, we wanted to, we wanted to be in a metal band. We wanted uh-huh. to play like, you know, bus lead guitar guy in our band bus, his guitar hero to this day's Jim Root from Slipknot. So like, yeah, we, I mean, inevitably at, at rehearsals and stuff, we always wind up breaking into something that's a little bit out of the box for us. Uh, and, but it's not something that we've really ever put a whole lot of, a whole lot of thought into. Um, I don't really write songs with the specific goal of, of trying to trying to push some sonic envelope. I want to write great songs that people can latch onto, no matter how diverse, no matter how complex, no matter how simple, if they may be that way. I, I just want to write songs that people can can latch onto and 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 get some some of that from. I would kill to go to a 49 Winchester show and in the middle, you guys just start playing Raining Blood just to fuck with people. <laughs> Dude, I thought about, we actually thought about doing the intro from Seasons in the Abyss, the Slayer song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to intro this, the whole set, just come out, play the first part of Seasons and then jump into the first song. Yeah, you, you <laughs> would do that. Which would have to be, it would have to be like, it would have to be one of our fucking like rocking tunes. Like you can't play seasons in the abyss and then play a ballad as the first song <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. set but you know we you can, can strategically tastefully work it in i don't know if you would thin the crowd that way or you would bring more people to the stage i don't know i guess it depends and on the crowd you're playing to half the people the way that we would play it i'm sure that it's it, you know loud driven guitars half the people that would that would that are there would probably know the song and be like oh cool and the other half that didn't they probably just think it sounded cool anyway because it's a great guitar line yeah it is it is a great guitar line, and I, I mean I, I'm I'm really actually excited to be able to talk to you because we don't usually get bands this quickly that are on the fucking rise. And I give a lot of credit to Dave on this because this was Dave 100 percent being like we need to get this band on and talk to him. And I mean Dave, yeah. I it, what was the I mean Dave like as far as like your taste in music, what is it about this that hits you so hard? There's a very fine line to me between. Like you, you describe yourself as country artists, I'm assuming, right? You kind of sure. I mean, we're country people, you know what I mean? It's just who that's who we are. We come from rural America and central Appalachia, and we we don't we never said we're gonna be a country band or a rock band or anything like that. We play the music that resonates with us and 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 that kind of pours out of our heads, and that's that's just how we do it. I think country is what most people have thrown onto it, but you know, I'm flexible. To me, it's country at its core. I yeah. like, I like older country and I like your guys version of of country music and your guys interpretation of it. It's like and I know they're insanely popular and I would love to have a conversation with them but like not a lot of Kenny Chesney's music resonates with me personally, you know? That's more sure. poppy and I like to each their own. And that's why music's so subjective. Like you could like Slipknot like you said or you could like uh, I, I love sublime and slightly stupid and bands like that. Um, but your guys music for whatever I, it was when I just, it was honestly, it was when I discovered turnpike. Cause I was, it was like, I don't like country music. I don't like country music. I don't like country music. I discovered turnpike on a long time ago, years and years ago. And um, I, I like, that is to me country music. Yeah. Like, I that, think a lot of people are realizing that now that they, it's not that they don't like country music. It's that they don't like the shit that's been force fed to them and called country music for so long. Here in like frat party basements and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, dude, I'm from, I'm from Philadelphia and I, I found country music through playing college baseball. All the guys played cool. country music. And when I say country music, it was like Luke Bryan's Dave, same for you. Exact sure. same thing for me being from Chicago. It's, it's you, exactly exact same thing. All my teammates, they all 
they all listen to country country music. Yeah, and what I got introduced to was Luke Bryan's Spring Break album. So that was my interpretation of what country was for a while. Right. I then went, I started writing songs on Music Row and working with country songwriters and dove deeper into the world. And I've noticed there, I, I mean, this is cliche, but there is a division between people in the Americana and the, you know, industrial Nashville complex where sure. you don't view the pop country shit as real do you have an opinion based upon like what you guys do about what's going that, on in pop country i think that songs that are i think that songs that are written and performed with with some soul with some feeling with some some something real and something genuine i think no matter what genre of music that is i think that's something that i will admire as soon as i hear it because i'll know that out of it and i think that a lot of what is being put on the radio right now uh doesn't is not that it doesn't doesn't fit that criteria it doesn't feel like it's something that's genuine and it doesn't feel like it's something that has merit uh doesn't feel like it was and a lot of these guys are writing songs that are that are fantastic songwriters Mm -hmm. but they know that they're going to write this formulaic yeah here's the chord progression it's 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 within this range of beats per minute because that's what the radio (laughs) listeners want to hear we know that we're going to contain these certain lyrical elements in each tune. Yep. It's the same stuff over and over. So, I mean, it's two different avenues. It's two different sports. It's like saying, what do you like cricket or baseball better? Like mm. it's not, it's not even, it's not, to me, it's not, we're not even on the same playing field. We're not even using the same ball. You know what I mean? That is fucking eloquent. I love that. And Dave, he actually, Isaac brought up a good point. When you're a songwriter and you get pitch, forms basically from like PROs like CSAC or something like that about what artists are looking for. Generally, they'll be as specific as to say, we need this in this BPM. We need it to be down tempo. We need it. It's it's almost like you're put put in a box right away when you're working in that genre of music. You guys still have the, you know, the freedom and it's Yeah. It's funny. We've never felt like we've had to fit any, we've never, we've never written songs and never performed in a way that we feel like has to fit any parameters. All we've ever done from day one is do specifically what makes us feel good, what feels good to us, what sounds good to us, what resonates with us is what we play. And I think that when you go away from that in music or when you go away from that in any kind of art and you start trying to do something that's more, you know, stuck in a box like that, it's going to suffer the art itself. I don't even think that needs to be limited to music itself. Like if if you're you're a stand-up comedian and you're playing to Mm. only what – that exact specific audience like that's not you know or like taking the negative comments and trying to do like you there's no one plus one equals two for sure any anything really you know anything creative specifically exactly any that's what i'm getting at anything creative there's sure that's that's if if you're doing that you're a hack i think agreed and isaac that's what makes you guys important though like the fact that you continue to just do what you do but make us a promise right here on this podcast right now. This is on wax. If I ever catch <laughs> you guys trying to fit a box, me and Dave will come to a show and we will fight you. All right. You got we'll, it, man. We'll you heard it here. We'll off stage. Yeah. <laughs> he says sure. off stage. I was like, we will throw hands, dude. Go ahead. I All really, right. really, All right. really, really wish I, I were introduced to you guys just a few weeks earlier because you guys just had a little uh, Chicago show at Joe's on Weed Street. Mm. Oh, man. It was cool. Yeah. One of my we actually favorite, did uh it was at Carol's. It was not at Joe's, okay. it was at Carol's. 
we right, had a count. show last year. We had a show last year on the books that was at Joe's, and we wound up it wound up getting canceled because of the COVID shit. But this one was at Carol's. It was a it was a Same banger, home, right? Jam packed, shoulder to shoulder. The crowd was rocking. It was killer. Are you oh, ever so- went to Marcus King last Friday Ooh. and immediately went to Carol's, which is right down nice. the street? Uh, uh, who's they? They had some live band there. Um, I love Carol's too. It's same ownership group, so that's why I said Joe's on weed. Um, we got to get you guys to Joe's on weed street though, because facts that's sure. rocking out there. And uh, I just saw Nico Moon. That'll probably be our next Chicago play. Well, Isaac, are you ever are you ever surprised when you go to these big metropolitan markets like either New York, Philly, Chicago, and you're in a city and you have people coming out like crazy just trying to hear rural country shit? Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, now it's the it's the standard in city the exception. But when we first started getting some traction in some of these uh, cities, it was it was really cool to see some of those first times when you had the big full room that was really engaged, that knew the songs, that were screaming them back to you in the front row. Uh, it's it's there's no better feeling than that as an artist. Like that's that's what we I love making records. I love being in the studio. I love the songwriting process. I love all of it. But like on stage is where me anyway it's where i really feel fulfilled you know what i mean like that's that's the place where it all makes sense and you're like this is why we do it specifically for this reason it's so i can see a tangible uh example of my art reaching someone right there in real time so it's Mm -hmm. it's always badass well and the the tangibility of it in even a major metropolitan city goes to show you once again based on what you were saying earlier about you know authenticity fucking honesty People crave that shit regardless of genre. Like I, I can hear yeah, something, dude. I can hear something that's jazz, but if I believe it, I'll go see it. And Absolutely. I think that's really what you guys have captured. I think so. I think so. I, I, I'd like to think so anyway. Um, people that people that love rock rock and roll are gonna like forty nine for that reason. People that like country music are gonna like forty nine for that reason. People that love blues and soul and R and B are gonna love forty nine for that same reason. It's because there's there's elements of all these different things in there. Um, but it's still it's still something that's that's unique. I think what we're doing is 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 a little bit different and uh, kind of outside the box. And and people people dig it, man. People, if you'll if you'll as an artist, if you'll just sort of wear your heart on your sleeve and just bear it uh, for everybody to see, people people dig it and they latch onto it, man. And that's that's what we've always done. Seeing as you guys are a road band, I do have this question. You know, it's a it's a fucking van full of scruffy country boys and if i was to pull up next to you what's the weirdest shit i would hear bumping out of the van like a oh, guilty pleasure dude. for you guys My fucking too short too short no fucking <laughs> way <laughs> maybe some like old yeah yeah maybe some old like uh i don't know lynch mob fucking some old 90s hip-hop maybe we just had ice cube on recently bro we just had ice cube sitting on this podcast a little bit ago love it Love it. Damn, love it. I, I could not imagine pulling up to you guys and hearing fucking too short bumping out the band. <laughs> Man, we're pretty we're pretty varied in our musical interests. Like we're we came from a time that like I heard I had another interview recently and somebody was talking about, you know, what kind of records were laying around the house and this and that. And what did your parents listen to? And I was like, Man, I'm from a part of a generation that grew up most of my life with the internet and a ways to bootleg or buy music. Yep. <laughs> and we, it was just so my musical interests are super varied for sure. I mean, I've had phases in my life where I thought, man, I'm going to be a rapper or man, I'm going to be a fucking bass player in a metal band like Tom Mariah and sing at the same time, or man, I'm going to do this. So 
that's that's how all of these dudes in this band are, man. All of them. We've all you, been like that. We've all went through so many phases, and we let them all poke through. With the, a lot of guys we've interviewed, it, it's been kind of similar answers. Where it's just, you know, they're not pigeonholed in, in just the music that they sure. sing. It's like, no, dude, I'll, I'll listen to, you know, X pop star, whoever. Sure. And I sure, write man. rock and roll music, but I listen to more rap than I do anything. I don't know. Sure. It's fun. Music is music. If it's good, sure. it's good. But mm-hmm. is, there, all right, is there anything you don't listen to? Like, is there anything like if it comes on, you slap, like it's out of here? Because I do have that. Uh, I mean, some of the really super like prog Yes. Stuff that's kind yeah, of yeah. overly complex to the point where it's unpalatable. That's how that I feel about stuff. Tool. That's how I but feel about But at the same tool. time, like my our pedal steel player, Noah, like all of that shit, like Jacob Collier, like just oh. musical masterminds that do like the craziest, most involved, complex things musically uh, that seem some, sometimes kind of unpalatable to me. He fucking he eats that shit up all the time. He loves it. I don't it, so. get that kind of shit. It, it doesn't interest me. It makes music into math. Like well, it's, it's the exact it's, antithesis. Yeah. It's really music for, and Noah describes it best when he says this and I, I get it. And as soon as he said it, I was like, I mean, it's true. It's, it's music for musicians. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's music to nerd out over. And that's cool, man. That's, that's badass. It's just not something that I'm going to spend a whole lot of my own time uh, listening to. Cause it really doesn't uh, invoke a lot of emotional response in me. Which yeah. is what I want to listen to music for. I want to feel something. You know what I mean? Right. When when I hear something like that, it just reminds me of what a bullshit actual musician I am. It's in me, and I fucking force it out of myself. But I can't read music. I don't care. Oh, dude, I can't. I can't either. I'm a. I, I have no no training. I've never taken a guitar lesson. I've never taken a vocal lesson. I've never never read one ounce of music. I have no idea. Uh, it's that, all that's way over my head. I'm a hillbilly that makes rock and roll racket, and people well, like how it. How did so. you learn to play guitar then? Just sitting in my room, man. Just lock the door, Schwartz. turn you turn YouTube on. Uh, uh, watch a lot. Watch you a lot of YouTube. Marty Schwartz. Did you use Marty a lot Schwartz? of YouTube as a kid? Uh, no, I didn't. Um, I can't even really one. remember a whole lot of the, the whole lot of the people that I actually watched. Stefan Gross. When I first started learning to play fingerstyle stuff, there was this dude named Stefan Grossman. He was like a old country blues player. I watched a lot of his stuff, but dude, most of my musical knowledge has been just from grinding those man hours and playing by myself. And this is most of it wasn't even really driven by videos. It was just figuring it out. White Sox stage learning how to play the guitar right now. We're getting different opinions from different people. Can you name this tune? (laughs) Let me see. Hold on. I got to get it to play. This is podcasting at its highest level. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even hear you it. You can't hear it. I just hear it. What was it? It's 2022. Oh, okay. oh nice. What was Yeah, baby? cool. Another thing like that, all of the guys in the band uh, are, are, are a great, great deal of us anyway. Uh, all that old pop funk stuff from like the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. We all grew up on that shit, man. So you guys are going like, to see Blink when they're on tour next year. Dude. Um, that's a crazy show. Uh, I'm sure. I know tickets are outrageous. Oh, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous! Thousands and resales. Thousands, yeah, thousands of dollars. They're gonna go Resales for are insane. Yeah. I'm, dude. I'm dealing with that right now. I'm watching. Uh, I'm in Philadelphia. We're in the World Series, and a lot of my friends are trying to get tickets. I had the early jump on it. I got tickets very cheap for the World Series game. Dude, these markups 
are fucking nuts. For what we paid yeah. for tickets, I looked 20 minutes later, people were reselling them for five times the money. It's yeah. fucking crazy. I'm and sure it, more than that, even. Dude, it is it, crazy. And there's no real good way to fucking police it and change anything about it. Other than Game Time, the Game Time app is the only game app that you should use, yep. right, Dave? That's right. Yeah. It's no free ads. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny to think about when you're like starting out as a musician? You're hoping people will pay five dollar tickets, and then at a certain point, people are fighting over nine hundred dollar tickets. To a yeah, stadium. dude, for That's sure. Nuts. It is. It is nuts. What, it's crazy you, how much how much you know, demand there is for a ticket, man. Do you have any memories of your worst show? Like your worst show memory where you guys showed up to a venue and you were like, all right, there's nobody fucking here. But we're playing anyway. I mean, we've had a couple of those in our in our lifetime, of course, being a band that started playing in the fucking middle of nowhere. Um, but for the most part, I don't really remember them specifically. You know what I mean? They're, those are always things that we've always had this mindset of constant progression constantly moving forward no goals no nothing just be better the next day than you were yesterday uh so all that stuff just kind of slid over my head you know what you I ever mean? thought like about being a shit's... football coach that was a good football coach speech i right have there, thought bro. about it i feel like i <laughs> like i might have missed my calling man you look like an offensive line coach bro you look like yeah. you can easily step in and, and show somebody how to block a left, go- or right left guard dude well, who are your yeah, sports who are your sports teams by by chance Man, I'm a diehard Braves fan. I wasn't going to comment on anything when I saw the fucking Philly hat, but I am. Suck uh, my up. dick, you loser. <laughs> Man, I'm used to the fucking Braves winning 100 games and showing up and shit in the bed in the playoffs. Um, but I'm used to it, man. You guys have been doing numb. that for 30 years. I Literally know, 30 years. Like, yeah. But we got, we, got, we got things moving in the right direction, I feel like. And we got a fucking team that's going to stay together, hopefully, uh, a core that's going to stay together for a long time and, and keep winning a lot of ball games. Dude, I, uh, I like baseball is what I do. And the Braves organization from like, it is a well-oiled machine better than they finally I put the pieces other together. Than the Dodgers because the Dodgers have infinite amount of money. The Braves are the, like I'm a white Sox fan. I'm a loser. <laughs> if the white Sox could just emulate what the Braves do, it would be incredible because that, the Braves, I don't know, mid-market, large, not not large market, New York City, L.A., Chicago, and what yeah, they sure incredible. It's I incredible. mean, yeah. look at the whole the whole core of the team is homegrown. There's nobody yeah. on, except for like Matt Olson playing farm base. system guys that have fucking, and that's been the approach that they've taken even before we could see these things panning out yep. for the good. You know, like a World Series title and fucking getting back into the playoff race every year. Like even before that. Uh, that that's that's the mindset that they had, man. Was 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 always kind of let's try to work within the farm system. Let's see to let's see if we can get talent up that way. And they finally fucking put the pieces together with enough bats and enough arms. But shit, the bed come playoff time. So go Braves. Hey, look, dude. As far as major market teams go, the Phillies are one of the worst organizations in, in baseball because we constantly deplete our farm system. It's tough. We uh, we are the first team in professional sports to have ten thousand losses. We have been around forever, but. Every like 20, 30 years, we buy enough guys that'll come in and we actually fucking do something. The, the most frustrating sports franchise that I root for is the Philadelphia Phillies by far. Well, dude, uh, outside of that, college football wise, uh, I'm another, I'm fucking miserable on that account too because I'm a diehard Virginia Tech Hokie. Ah, have been since birth, and we have fallen on some thin years, man, oh, yeah. as a Hokie fan. 
You got to get another in Blacksburg. You need another offspring of the Vic family because when you had Michael and Marcus, you were. You were we need killing. to keep. We need to get back. We need to get back to winning our state and recruiting is mm. the problem. As soon as we stop dominating, I mean, you know, in 2010, 2008, 2006, 2012, even uh, for the most part, if you're a great player in Virginia, you wanted to go to Tech, like that was your destination. And now there's so much, there's so much recruiting pipeline stuff that 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 sends players, you know there's instant connection with coaches around the country. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some player from Virginia might want to go play in Cali or might want to go play in fucking Texas or anywhere. And if we could get back to dominate in the Eastern Virginia specifically and recruiting, I think that'll go a long way towards right. straightening the, the wheel back up. Beach area. That's a hotbed too. For how fuck, well, how, how fucked up is it that James Madison is the best football team in Virginia right now? Yeah, dude. I mean, who would have thought that shit? Uh, and I thought when, Bre- I mean, when Brent Pry came on, I knew that he was inheriting the team that was going to take a little bit of, tweaking and working to try to rebuild and get back into winning shape. But I didn't think it would be this lean. I didn't think we would be able to just absolutely, we can't muster any offense right now. Um, and we bitched and complained during the Stein spring years when we were winning 11 games a year. Yeah, all right. Cause he wanted to run the fucking ball all the time. And we complained <laughs> about that. We want somebody that'll run the spread, man. Air it out. Here we, here we sit at two and four. <laughs> isn't it? Ama- isn't it amazing how life is that all we've done is talked positive and what an amazing run you're on as a band and as a, as an artist. And then all I have to do is bring up sports. And you're like, yeah, everything Get miserable. fucking sucks, dude. Hey, you got a World man. Series title. I'm the most miserable That's true. one here. Oh, Dave, today's true, your man. anniversary, isn't it? 2005. It is. Yeah. the The last time I've been actually happy, happy as a sports fan. I yeah, I saw the Blackhawks with hockey, but I I was I don't do hockey. Sure. Um, and I fucking hate the Cubs. So uh, 17 was, years ago to the, to this very moment, I'm I was happy as a sports fan. <laughs> That's sad, dude. Yeah. That's fucking sad. It's been 17 <laughs> years since I've been since happy. Since he was happy. <laughs> Un-fucking-believable. All right. Well, well we've, man. we've taken a lot of your time, brother. We know you're getting ready That's to go right, back man. out on the road. You got time here at home. Uh, what's next for you guys? Obviously, touring the new record. Where are you heading? Uh, we're going to, uh, we got all kinds of shit coming up. I'm blanking on it right now, but we got, we got a few more shows in the fall, uh, before we'll kind of slow it back down for the winter and start thinking about making that new record. Uh, but spring is looking pretty fat for 23. Uh, we got a ton of pretty, you can't talk about it, right? Pretty. Yeah. Right. We got some cool stuff coming up, uh, in the, in the announcements soon. And that's pretty much all I've had my mind on for the last couple of days. So will I see in terms of of the near future, it's already fucking slipped over my mind. (laughs) Will I see you guys at the windy city smokeout next year? Maybe. I think Uh, I I would love to do windy. Windy's a super cool, like, the lineup's always curated great. I've heard the fest itself is really cool. It's uh, I hope we get to do that. Best thing we do in the summer. It and this so Ed Warm, who I just spoke, I saw Ed two weekends ago. I, I went and saw Nico Moon at Joe's on Weed Street. Ed owns uh Joe's on Weed Street Carols, and then I thought I knew the name. Yeah, yeah. So he and then he runs the Windy City Smokeout. So uh, he's a, he's a close friend of mine, one of my absolute favorite people on this planet, and. Uh, I could easily put you guys in touch and I'm sure you'd be like, yeah, come on over. Yeah, so, man. It's a cool fest. I'd, I'd love to do it, man. For it's sure. My favorite, absolute favorite thing we do in, in the summer in Chicago and Chicago is a summer city. So that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, but we'd love to see you guys. Turnpike was just there this summer. First time yeah, I got for sure. Drive. They haven't toured in forever. So yeah. 
Well, dude, Isaac, thank you so much for the time, brother. We got to hey, actually man. get, we do another series called Barstool Backstage. We interview people behind, like literally in their green room at shows. We got to catch you guys it. at one of your shows, brother. Love to do it, man, for sure. All right, everybody, go listen to the new record from 49 Winchester. See him on tour. Isaac, thank you so much, brother. Yes, sir. Thanks, boys. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> Yo, play us back in. <laughs> yeah. Yo, d- can you do like a, like a, a, a late night show? Kind of like a... Paul Schaefer? Yeah. What would Paul Schaefer... <laughs> here, we, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Give me the Paul Schaefer intro. Let's go. I can't hear shit. That went terribly. That was our interview with 49 Winchester. Johnny tried doing a late night intro comeback and we do need like a house band for the for the for the podcast. I would love to hire Congos just as the house band. So sick. And they just play Come With Me Now every single break. (laughs) Oh man. Yo, can you do it? Well, well, we're we're open to taking any gigs at the moment. <laughs> Yo, what if we could get Congos to be the house band for oh, the? It's podcast? like the Roots and Fallon. We can have Congos and guest list. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be fucking incredible. What's your budget? Zero. <laughs> yeah. Expo- exposure and drink tickets. That's it. <laughs> oh my God, dude, we should do an episode where we let Congos do the fucking do the do just do background music the whole time. We can do. I, I that would actually be funny. I'll do, we'll think about that because like I've got the setup now with all the eventually with the multi cameras. Like the entire studio is mic. Now we've got forty mic inputs in this. Like we've been up just buying preamps and everything. So like literally, we just walk around the room and like play at the piano, play at the Fender Rhodes, at the synthesizer and everything. Just like do weird atmospheric stuff for the podcast. But do it at really bad times. Like it will be like in the middle of like a really dark conversation. Just start playing some really upbeat like Seinfeld type shit. <laughs> but like Kanye has completely lost his mind. We used to play these gigs when we were, this is like 2000, I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago before Congress was even a thing. Like it was uh, Jesse and me and a bass player and a trumpet player. And we would just go play like weird improvised not jazz, like fusion-y sort of stuff. And we ended up doing a bunch of these like poetry slam nights where we were the backing band for poetry slam. So they do, I can't even do an impression of poetry, like slam poetry, because I fucking hate it. But we would play music behind it. And it was like half cool, half the worst thing ever. <laughs> yo, can... Can... yo, for the Nickelback interview, can you do fucking <laughs> just backing shit, but just do Nickelback songs the whole time? But why are you? That's gonna seem like you're making fun of them, aren't? Isn't that? Or are you? Have you done? Have you done the interview yet? No, it's in two weeks. <laughs> are you gonna wait to put this one out till after that? No, this is coming. You out might tomorrow. lose that interview. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should clip that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but that was Forty Nine Winchester. Amazing interview. Great guys. Go see them on tour. They're constantly on tour. Um, yeah, let's do a little on the list, off the list. Let's talk some shit. Uh, okay. Kenny, why don't you start with your on the list? Uh, my on the list, Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty, just came out last Thursday. I have at least 100 hours into it. It's very good. It's the best one in a decade. I'm very stoked. The next time you complain about, the next time you complain about, like, us doing things and you're tired and shit, remember you spent 100 hours in a week yeah. playing Modern Warfare. I'll remind you, don't worry. Yeah. 
yeah, and he's yeah. like, man, it's just been diapers and nothing. I'm so exhausted. I've been doing so yeah. much shit. I clocked a hundred hours in a week on a yeah. video game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I would love to interview Sarah right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yo! after these kids turn one we're getting a divorce <laughs> you useless piece of shit oh, right she has her own system we play together she plays call of duty every night with me yeah you found your perfect opposite dude holy know, shit bro. wow no bro that's pretty fucking incredible i'm not gonna lie yeah. wow who's taking care of the kids they go to sleep at eight are you melatonin in the kids out yeah uh, maybe you smashing up a couple Benadryls and put in the breast milk? DNA, you know what I mean? Wow. That's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, Johnny, do you have anything on your list? What, I, I don't know this segment. What is it on the <laughs> list? Just It's something that you liked this past week. Is there anything you oh, like? I Danny had – this is not like a thing, but having a, a flat-screen TV, like a 4K 65-inch TV as your computer monitor – Oh, I saw your photos, and I yeah. zoomed into that TV. That thing's a monster. It's got it's like it's giant. It's I I I can have three hundred tracks, and it just like it's endless. It's awesome. Seems how so did, crazy. How did you connect? Did you just connect that HDMI? Yeah, and it the resolution's like perfect. Resolution's amazing. Like the refresh rate, everything. It's perfect. Wow. It's not even like a fancy expense. It's like a couple year old um, Samsung, just a 4K you know, you TV. You got to go to the Congo's Insta and see it. <laughs> when you see it, you're like, holy fucking shit. It's like IMAX? It's like... close to it, but it's this big. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dante, on your list. Fuck, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with your uh, Eagles tonight. I'm, uh, I'm betting them heavy. Let's and, go, baby. And the Phillies parlayed. Dude, honestly, I, first off, Johnny, that fucking that no hitter burn was great. I just want to say that. that, that I'll get I'll give Danny the credit for it. He, I he said, "Who's are you going to go on the podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's going to be some joke about Philly." He's like, and he he nailed it, bro. When I'm telling you, I, with that with that depression hangover I was dealing with yesterday, and then the no hitter at night, like that was like a dark. I was like staring at the bridge in the distance, being like, "I should probably just head there, bro." I just, it was it was. Just sitting there throwing shit, just being like, are you fucking kidding me? You're no hitter in the World Series. Hasn't happened since 1957. Unfucking believable. But Dante, yes, That's I agree. A- Double, bet them both tonight. I did. It's in. Good move. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. My uh, on the list is Amazon Prime because that aforementioned music video that I was talking about, we've been planning for weeks. I never bought the Grim Reaper costume. So I had <laughs> the Amazon Prime one over fucking night. So I'll be getting an Am- or I'll get be getting a Grim Reaper costume in the mail tomorrow morning, uh, even though there's been a thousand spirit Halloweens within a mile of my house. So, uh, <laughs> do you I ever think it- about like we've been doing the same thing? Like, we've been Amazon priming the shit out. Like just there's unfortunately it's the best way to get stuff, you know. But do you ever think about the delivery guys? Like what they think of you as a person when you go oh. on a binge for a week? Like I know that our guys like this guy is a fucking asshole like how could you buy so many things and also if you're gonna buy so many things group them into one one oh, shipment dude. what's what's the cheapest thing you ever got off amazon prime where you had to think about somebody actually had to do their job and drop this off in my door like i'm pretty sure yeah, I, got, like a, I got like a piece of, like so like one thing of tape or something yeah and i feel I, I, genu- I genuinely actually feel bad about this because it's not good really in any there's no aspect of it that's good other than the fact that like 
it's great if you need that thing then but like yeah. it's there's just no rationalization for it's it it's an ecological no. disaster and john oh yeah you know as well as i do because you got a kid dude anything's amazon every fucking day nine yeah day <laughs> like jesus christ, christ. we're all yeah. uh kenny off your list uh i didn't really have anything for off my list so i don't know if i've done this one before but they make me mad adult disney people I don't understand. Ooh. It's not meant for you. It wasn't designed for you Stop going all the time if you don't have kids. It's like people ever... who uh, hang up Christmas lights November 1st or whatever. Mm-hmm. No adult Disney. Come on. I've never been to Disney World. Well, that's because you're poor. I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. 100% is exactly why I didn't go to Disney World. I grew up in Orlando, uh, Florida. Yeah, I mean, literally 99% of your like your economy in that area is based on Disney, yeah. right? My first job, everybody's first job is was at Universal Studios. It's all just high school kids running the rides. It's mayhem. Did you have to guard Walt Disney's frozen head? I wish, dude. That'd be so sick. Does anybody ever think about the fact that Walt Disney was a pretty wild guy and like he everything is Disney? Like Walt Di- wasn't Walt Disney like a secret Nazi? He was something, maybe a PA. Yeah, I think there's a there was a lot of that his parents definitely were and yet like they're like the leading like uh social justice platform now on movies and shit and it's like by the way dude isn't your yeah but dude if that doesn't Nazi? if that doesn't explain to you the way corporations work yeah. like i don't know what else we're like dude, like like Adidas. the people yelling the loudest yeah. out things are always like they just they're riding the wave to whatever keeps the money flowing in how Adidas. insulting is Adidas, absolutely. Wasn't that founded by Nazis? Synthesizers, bro. Like fucking Audi, like Audi. Mercedes Benz, isn't that what Hitler drove? Yeah, I mean, but Audi literally built Panzers and fucking tanks for the Nazis. Like, you can go on and on and on. Isn't it insulting to people who actually have societal struggles that like Disney's like, we are going to take all of your suffering and turn it into children's movies. We're going to make billions of dollars. It's great. You know what I love, though? Disney Plus. Disney Plus is banging. Can't (laughs) lie, dude. A lot of good shit. Disney Plus is banging, dude. Can't lie. Although, it it is nice to be able to just watch Muddy Ducks whenever I want to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even got to think about it. I watch Air Bud and Muddy Ducks back to back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fuck the history at least i got airbud this is great <laughs> anybody else think you ever think about what an absurd movie airbud is like the fact that like there was parents in the crowd at air like watching airbud like like actually at the game and they were like let the dog play could you imagine going to see your like eight-year-old basketball game and they're trying to put a dog on the court and your kid can't get in the game and they're like stop the game this dog needs to get in nobody yeah, made that, a st- i mean if you go down that like rabbit hole like disney's the trippiest shit ever like think about just watching that stuff it's crazy like the half the ideas they come up with are insane we were hammered in college and just postulated this being like there was where where was the one parent who was like uh that's a dog and the other parents like let the dog play and everybody was like all right get in there kid fucking ridiculous you Uh, could spin this up into a side podcast colin i feel like um I can talk shit about anything. Anything off your list, Johnny? Yeah, off my list is two things. Uh, mus- musicians that look at you. I did a reel about this. <laughs> but you know, you, you're scrolling on Instagram and like the musicians are playing and like looking directly at the camera. It, that has to, uh, it's, it's, abom- it's abominable in the eyes of the Lord, that is. <laughs> <laughs> it has to like, stop. 
And then I think Netflix needs to be done because they cannot write a TV show or a movie. Like it's just turned into utter garbage. It's like worse than what they replaced with network TV and everything. It has been really bad. They just, they, I, I genuinely sometimes watch it uh, like the first quarter of a movie and think like, are they experimenting with AI to see like how much of a movie they can make with purely AI and like just see how it goes. And if that's what they're doing, cool, whatever. Like that's an interesting science experiment. Yo, but otherwise, like fuck off. It's horrible. Speaking of that AI shit, that picture generator that was really going around a couple weeks ago, where you, oh, could yeah, type in, you could type in like Eddie Murphy potato chip sailing, and it's just a picture of Eddie Murphy on a yeah. What? Pretty crazy what it's doing these days. Dude, speaking that, of that yo, fucking did you hear the TikTok actually it is like basically confirmed that it is Chinese spyware? Yeah, it's been, been confirmed. Dude, I tried to I tried to blog about it like a month ago. Like they have malware built in with key trackers and shit. So like once you once you're out of TikTok, it's like tracking your keystrokes and shit. So it's like getting your passwords, your search history, all that shit. TikTok don't nice. want my search history to look. Oh, sick. Forbes, Forbes did a huge uh, expose about it, but it's like behind a paywall, so not a lot of people oh, yeah. knew about it. I think, do you, uh, why, I think that's why my blog didn't get published. Do you think that uh, they're actually going to ban it now that this is kind of public knowledge? Well, I think what's going to happen is Elon announced last week he's going to relaunch Vine. Oh. Um, that he's got his team like, trying to get it done before the end of the new year i think that yeah this is uh, that the twitter thing is like way bigger actually i think than even the people that are like losing their shit about it actually think it's i think it is a it's a giant almost geopolitical move where tiktok's involved like it's it's crazy the scope of that for basically like a little shit post app you know dante yep. and kenny i feel like i have a pretty good group here to ask you this question why do people actually hate elon musk like, is there an actual reason why people dislike him? Like, I feel like he gets lumped in with like far right conspiracy yeah, theories and fucking, shit. He's he's a liar. I have how do I say this? I have a I have a cousin that's like an astrophysicist, fucking works uh, on rockets for NASA and shit. And I asked him about Mars. I was like, "Is this shit real? Are we really going to Mars?" And he goes, "Probably not." And it would be for. And he goes, "We didn't even go to the fucking moon, bro." And he goes, "There would be for absolutely no reason." He goes, "Go to Mars and do fucking what?" He goes, "He gets government subsidies because he keeps the public excited about SpaceX by talking about something that makes no sense, which is Mars." So he's just like, "You guys are paying for all this shit." Well, but what? Why do? Why do people? Dude, why are people making such a big deal about Elon Musk buying Twitter? I don't get like why is this well a because I mean the the real I think the real thing, and I'm not taking a side on this. Like I literally I don't you think you should or can actually take a side, but like. Uh, Washington Post is owned by Bezos and like the Amazon group. Like it's, it's, it's a bunch of rich people that own everything and are <laughs> just controlling thing. Like it's literally never been different. Like you don't think like whatever, a hundred years ago, people were talking shit about Rockefeller. And it's also not, it's also not like a simple, good, bad thing. Like they built railroads across the country they also fucking did all kinds of horrific shit. Like there's no part of history or progress that's not basically a mixed bag of good and bad, you know? But like, yeah. why is it, why are, why are the super, super, super ultra woke left people like, this is the end of Twitter, this is terrible, like all this shit? I'll tell you why. And he's half trolling, half like 
being fueled by it, but I didn't, I think he played a, he did a good job of playing the fence up until the last few weeks, the last couple of days. Now that he, the deals finalized and shit, like he's just been a blatant fucking asshole. Like, yeah, he's been tweeting so much. Yeah. Like, but it's not even just the propensity. It's the, it's the shit. Like he's basically doing the same exact shit that all the conservatives were pissed off about the left doing now he's doing the same fucking thing. Like the pendulum has swung completely to the other side. Dude, you just said it. Let me say this is an important lesson. I think it's a pendulum, everything, everything in life is a pendulum. It's swinging. If you get stuck down on the bottom, you're going to be angry your entire time. Go up to the top of the pendulum and watch it swing. Right. But he had the opportunity to not fall into the trap and, you know, not do what everybody said he was going to do and prove everybody wrong and be impartial. And I mean, literally the first day, I mean, he, he goes after AOC, which is like their fucking Achilles heel. <laughs> That's everybody off. He starts trolling the celebrities that are like, we're leaving. I, I mean, he's just like playing right into their hand. And I mean, that's that's why now they're just sitting back saying, we told you so. We told you so. It's all fucking stupid. It's all done. <laughs> I like, yeah, I'll vote. If you if you run on that platform, I'll vote. Budney 2024. It's fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> I'm in. If I, if I ever run for public office, please put a gun directly between my eyes and pull the trigger. It is. That means that I that means I've is. completely lost myself. It is, but as Johnny said, it has never been different. And the truly stupid people are the ones that think this is new and think that it only goes one way. It's been this way for fucking, I mean, dude, William Randolph Hearst used to have a monopoly on the media in this country. And I mean, now it's, there's still a handful of companies. Have you ever seen that, uh, graphic of the conglomerates in yeah. America and who yeah. they're owned by and and the umbrellas underneath them. It's yeah, I, I this is what I'm saying, guys. Just Chevy Mustang, I don't care. It's insane. <laughs> it's like I seriously would, insane. It's capitalism. It's cronyism. I wish that like Carnegie and like Rockefeller and everybody would have had Twitter back in the day. I would have loved to have seen the mudslinging going back and forth. You can go find it. Go read the articles and like the op-ed pieces back from a hundred years ago. It's just as brutal as it is now. There's different language. Mm. You know, no no one's saying fuck, but they're basically saying like, I hope you and your family die. And that, like, you know, it's, it's brutal. And then, you know, don't forget they've, they also started two world wars, the old good generations, you know, like, yeah, they fought them, but they, no one ever talks about the fact that they started them also. <laughs> you know, like, not us, you guys, not us. Yeah. <laughs> Who's you guys? South uh, Africans? No, the, uh, I'm just looping them in with the people that talk like him. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my off the list is uh, gun violence once again, as it has been for the last few weeks. Uh, rest in peace to take off. We did not talk about this at all. Uh, another person gone way too young, shot dead in Houston, which is just crazy because Migos really, Migos really is one of the most important groups the last like 10 years. 
Migos is like a fucking gigantic cultural moment for hip hop. And uh, it's just more fucked up that you wake up and you read that shit and you're like, wow, like another person died. Like it's like, it, 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 it's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't even have anything I can say off of that. It's just fucking, it's nuts. How many, how many people in the span of the, like the year and a half that we've been running this podcast that we had to talk about getting murdered like this? It's fucking crazy. It really is. Um, yeah. Dante, did, did you do an awful list? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, um, no, I didn't, but, um, I don't have anybody. You're too positive, man. Um, all right. Well, Johnny, uh, did you just release a single? Yeah, we did. Uh, what a week ago, week or two ago. It's, uh, Jesse wrote this one. Um, it's called turn this round. I think it might be. And like you guys can judge. I think it might be a happy song. Ooh. Which is, we don't do that a lot. We're very like, it doesn't sound, we don't sound emo, but it's all like very, I don't know. You know me, like You guys deep. moved to Texas and put out a song called Turn This Round? <laughs> Yo. Yo. Did you do any twang? Is there any twang in it? No, I'd say it sounds more on the on the african influence side of our sound uh but we are working on a couple country i don't know how to describe it like country music through our weird glasses i would be interested to hear that and i'm not even saying it just because you're sitting here i'd be interested to hear through the congos lens a country song be yeah i mean that's what i'm saying I, it's, I don't know if you would end up calling it a country song but it's definitely putting a lot of influence from what we're kind of listening to out here we've always been into that kind of stuff and that americana type sound but we're trying to find a new angle on it and i think we've we're working on a track uh dylan danny and i've been working on and i think we're getting somewhere like i don't know where it is and like what it's going to mean uh in terms of a release or anything but like it just feels like a something new for us so i'm excited about that but yeah that the new tracks out everywhere I'll I'll send you guys a link. Maybe you can throw it up on the podcast when it ends. Um, yeah, we I mean we just we put out music. Jesse had a baby the day before it came out. His he had his third daughter, so it's like Aww. third daughter. Yeah. Wow. We've got he's got three daughters. I got one daughter. Two years from now, Congress is officially retiring. We're sending the girls out on the road. Hell um, yeah. Future is female. The future of Congress is female. And we're just doing a, it's going to be a girl band. They're going to probably be way better. And probably. we can just sit at home and cash the checks until they're, you know, get just a on like, yeah, Just on, just on like a phonetic standpoint, will you change it from Congos to Congas? Like an O to an A? Well, they can do whatever they want, man. They can drop the name Congos, get rid of all the baggage. The Congos people, too? Play come with me now. <laughs> oh man all right well we'll link that at the end of this episode we'll put it on here um gentlemen anything else for me today i yo johnny i'm not kidding see if by next week you guys can get your setup up and we'll i want to see if we can just have you guys be the house band for just for one episode let's try it out and see what happens it might be longer than next week but i'll definitely i'll work on it sorry first of all colin you're going to be in like a deep depression when the phillies lose so it's going to be like two weeks when you come out of that one and text text me, hey, do you want to come on the podcast at 3 p.m.? I mean, 7 p.m. I mean, 11 p.m. next week. <laughs> we were on time today. We were on time <laughs> today. Penny organized it. That's why. <laughs> we are doing more interviews right now than we fucking know what to do with. Like, no, I'm kidding. 
It's gonna Listen, suck. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm I'm it's gonna suck a fat it's gonna suck <laughs> a fat dick if the Phillies do lose and I go into depression because we have so many interviews coming up and I'm just gonna be like, I don't give a fuck about what you have to say. Just like just like trying to do a constructive <laughs> interview, and I'm just like, get the fuck out of my face. Like fucking Aaron Aaron Nola, piece of shit. Fucking I don't know what th- that means, but he's our he was our pitcher last night. He got lit. He is up. a oh. fucking stud, and he is a stud. I love him to death. I'm one hurt. bad dude. He had one bad inning. Yeah, that really was crazy last night. It was one inning in the game. Yeah, I mean it was a fucking pitcher's duel until what was it the fifth or sixth where he and Alvarado the- comes in. Alvarado comes in throwing fucking <laughs> heat and gets lit up. This is the worst conversation I've ever been a part of. I gotta jump. <laughs> I Johnny, you guys. Great to see you as always, yeah, man. Good to see you, you guys. Colin, I will. I'll think about that, man. I'm. I'm just fucking with you. I'll. I'll talk to Danny and see if we can think of something fun to do with that I in the next few weeks. So much fucking fun. Just to do it as an experiment and see That's what a happens. Joke. Yeah. This would be great. Yeah. Just a joke. <laughs> Watch, and that becomes a thing that pushes us over the top. By the way, what is over the I top? I wouldn't count on that, Colin. <laughs> Did you see how many fucking views the Barstool backstage got last week, Kenny? No. Uh, twenty already twenty five thousand in six days. Wow! Yeah, there we go. We did we did it combined like thirty thousand downloads last week between the podcast and the the. We're doing our job. Not dude, that's awesome. I'm just here for the money. I know me <laughs> fucking too, Chief. <laughs> but we'll get there. Thanks a lot to White Sox, Dave, for all of your uh your help today. Uh, that was great. By the way, did you see? He told me to put this on here. Tedeschi Trucks Band hit him up. Never heard of him. You never heard of Tedesco? Oh, Trucks? dude, that's awesome. Fucking yeah. tr- Derek it's, Trucks is the fucking greatest dude ever on yeah, slide so guitar. They want to bring us out to a show in 2023 in Chicago. It's Derek Trucks from the Allman Brothers. Like Butch Trucks was in the Allman Brothers. Derek Trucks joined the Allman Brothers when he was like 14 to mm-hmm. play slide. Mm-hmm. And now him and his wife, Susan Tedeschi, have a band in Kenny. I think you'd actually really like it. It's really good. Oh, okay. Is there more? <laughs> No, fuck you, dude! Piece of shit, go play. I miss you, Kenny. Watch some guy and his wife play slide guitar. It's gonna be sick. Suck the fattest part of my dick, dude. Uh, All right, that's this week's episode. Thank you to Forty Nine Winchester for coming through today. Thank you to Johnny Congos as always. These are always my favorite episodes. Kenny, I really do love you. Yeah, I adore you. All right, well, uh, we'll see you guys. I'm gonna go call. I'm gonna go call Kenny's uh, brother-in-law. Yeah, who I, oh, yeah, who I really who I really like. Give him a shout. Give him wonderful a shout. guy. Yeah. Go Phillies. Uh, go Eagles. Johnny, wait, wait. Johnny, how old's your daughter? She's uh just over a year and a half. Oh yeah. Tessa just turned two. It's perfect. Go link up. Oh right, yeah. I forgot they were so close. Yeah, I'm I'll I'll text him after this. Okay, bye. Bye, bye guys. Bye. See ya.